Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We are starting off the show notes as usual today. We have our evening with medium events coming up in April, August, and December. That's April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Tickets have been on sale since the new year. And April, I think we have about 10 tickets left. So if you're planning on coming, get on it. Mm-hmm. Buysarlo.com is where you can get your tickets. Purchase them through the website or you can call us directly. I bet you that April will be sold out by the end of this month. Usually right after a podcast, Kelly, we get a whole pile of emails in for another group of sales. That's typically how this goes. Wonderful. And if you're hitting the panic button, don't worry. We do have two extra events this year. In March on the 8th, we've been invited to International Women's Day to be the main event. That's going to be an afternoon with mediums from 1.30 till 3.30. That one is free, but you do have to reserve your tickets by calling the Crisis Center. The second added event is on June 7th. We've been invited back to the Sturgeon River House Museum for another evening with medium events. It went so wonderfully last year. They're having us back from 7 till 9 as usual. You can get your tickets by calling or visiting the Sturgeon River House Museum or the Sturgeon Falls Rec Center. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast show that Kelly and I have that is available currently only on the website by sarlo.com. It runs the first week of every month from Monday to Friday. They're typically 10 to 12 minute shows and they are purposely designed to give you an emotional and spiritual toolkit. And while you're there, we have mugs on sale. So at the same website by sarlo.com, if you want to pick up a mug, For $15, they're available there. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available for purchase. They can be purchased and experienced from anywhere in the world. We do our sessions via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone if you can't be here with us in person. So you can visit the website or call us directly for information about those. Kelly, can I add that people typically ask if there's a difference between being in person and receiving a session over the phone, over Skype, or over FaceTime for us? And do the gifts work as well? Are the messages as clear? Are the messages as accurate? And without doubt, they are the same. Wonderful. And on to today's show. Well, today's show, Kelly, is all about past lives. It's a client that came in and just sat down in the chair. I went through the consent process and she just sat there and said, Karen Sarlo, you go for it for past lives. I have nothing but an hour to give you in any way that you want to talk to me through the spirit guides and through the spirit world, any messages they have about past lives. Beautiful. Yeah, it was really fun. She recorded it. She didn't write notes. She just recorded Um, I doodled on my doodle page the way that I usually do and then gave it to her at the end of the session. People should also know that Karen can't say the word doodle without moving her hips, her shoulders and her head. (laughs) I doodled. That's true. Maybe I doodle and I dance all at the same time. (laughs) Well, if anybody knows me and has seen me in action, I do move when I'm channeling. There's no no idea in my head or in the spirit world for me that I'm supposed to be a channel that sits still with my eyes closed and that people can't communicate. That's the way people used to channel, you know. Years ago, you could not interact with a channeler. Mm-hmm. I remember being at public events where they just walked in, sat down, closed their eyes and spoke 
stood up at the end of it and left the room. That was it. You mm. were talked at. Yeah. Very, very different currently, eh, Kelly? Yes, for you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, you aged one. <laughs> Got it. I heard the comment. Okay, so first thing is that when I, I'll say when I turned my attention and my physical body to look out the window to engage with her spirit guides about what they wanted to tell her about past lives is that I, I think the first thing I want to say is that I hear things. You and I will get things through seeing, hearing, and inner knowings, right? Through all of the senses. So the first thing I heard was, can we talk to her about health issues? And I thought, well, okay, go ahead. Like, what did she have in past lives? And they said, well, in past lives, she typically has issues with diabetes. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Because I didn't even know that 50 years ago, or 100 years ago, or 200 years ago, or 300, that there was diabetes, that there were things like that. So when they said yes, um, in different cultures, that there were those types of problems. So I said, okay, they said, and I asked them, I said, is this something that she's going to have again? And they said, well, why don't you ask her and find out? So I thought, well, that's really cool. <laughs> okay. So I told her, I said, you have past lives where when you're not eating properly and following a good healthy diet, that one of the things that really troubles you is your pancreas and your sugar, and that you can have a propensity towards diabetes. So are you comfortable with being told that it is something that you should be aware of. This isn't to frighten you or to dominate you. It's not bad news or something scary to hear. This is something your guides want to know that you have a pattern doing from lifetime to lifetime. So I guess I should give her a name right here, eh, Kelly, so that we can identify a little bit with this person. So we'll call her Jennifer. So Jennifer says to me, well, she says, I've been thinking about keto diet lately. She says, I've been, I've been thinking about this. She says, I don't have diabetes. She says, but it, it is in my family. She says, I do have a dad with diabetes. And she says, so um, I, that could make some sense to me, even though I don't have it right now. She says, but that is something that I like to hear because it's something that's been on my mind. So you're just confirming for me that I really should pay attention to what my doctor has been saying to me. And I said, okay, so I kind of noted that she had an idea about it. So she's been avoiding that to some degree, but I didn't say anything. I just noticed the behavior and thought, okay, I just let that be. And the guides told her that along this line was that she had other lifetimes in different countries, but in Asia, and that she loved in those lifetimes, the flavors of the herbs and the spices. So she would feel satiated, she would feel happy, both physically and emotionally, when there was a lot of flavor to her foods, where she did enjoy eating. So she would look forward to the next meal, almost like as soon as she was done one meal, what she could eat next, but it had to do with flavors. And that in this lifetime, she was doing the same type of behavior. I just finished this meal, I had lunch. Now I'm looking forward to what's for supper. But this time, she was filling herself up with things like breads and pastas, and not necessarily with a lot of spices and flavors. It was 
blander food. And she didn't realize that that's what she was doing. She was looking more for texture and chew as opposed to really like tickling her senses and satisfying that instead. And that she swung her pendulum, that she would go from eating really badly to I'm going to not eat any of that bad food at all. So she'd go 100% and be super strict. And then once that didn't work for maybe, you know, at the end of the third day, or some people might say at the end of an hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it would be sometimes she would say that's really true. I'll get it in my head that I'm going to eat really well. And even an hour later, I'm shoving shit in my face again. And I said, I said, well, you're swinging it from zero to 100%. Instead of finding a middle ground that you could have you know, maybe 10 or 20% removed as opposed to the whole 100. And that if you just did that on a consistent basis, say 10% consistently, that that might be all you actually need to stay healthy. So she said, well, I didn't even think of that. She says that never heard of it. I just, it was always all or nothing. And I said, well, your guides want you to know that your all or nothing can be the cause of what actually kills you. And if you have more control over just the percentage, when you think about that, eh, Kelly, if you just change the percentage and you can actually change the longevity of your life and the quality of it, why wouldn't you want to do that? Well, that brings me back to Joanne Hurd's podcasts in year one about just changing your life by five degrees. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. If anyone's interested, it's such a great kind of entryway into understanding that you could just be five degrees kinder, five degrees more patient, five degrees healthier. Well, this is really nice. I like this because you're saying to yourself. Yeah, it's gentleness, right? It's, It's understanding that everything is a process and that you can be in a transition period for a long time. What if your transition period is your whole life. Mm -hmm. It could still be the most fun you ever have. I think that's sweet. Sweet. I do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sweet that her, her guides were coming in to nurture her with kindness and that they were trying to offer her solutions um, in the way that she's perceived things and what she believed. So if she believes I've got to do it all or nothing, then she doesn't give herself any room for success. And they were trying to say, hey, how about a little success between you and I? I really, I thought that was sweet. Mm -hmm. Adding on to that, staying in the health area, they told me that her father had had heart attacks. So I thought, well, that's something that I could actually validate. So I turned to Jennifer and I said, has your dad had heart attacks? And she goes, yes, a couple. And I said, okay, she goes, why is that coming up in my past lives? And I said, well, I said, your guides are saying that you're lazy. And she just started giggling. And I said, you sit all day at work. So that I don't want to refer to that as laziness. No, because a job's a job. Yeah. But I said, and I realized it's immobility because that's what you do for a living But I said, your laziness is that when you come home from work after you do a dinner, you typically, no matter what the season is, 
you park your ass in front of a screen. And she goes, what? What do you mean? And I said, I call it screen shit. All one word, screen shit. And I said, it means your cell phone, a computer, an iPad, a TV for movies, for video games, anything, a movie going out with your husband to the movies, a hockey game, but you basically sit down and you do things that require no effort. You'll go to all your kids events and sit your ass down on the soccer field. You don't walk up and down the sides for the whole hour they're playing. You bring your chair or your lawn chair, you plunk it down and you put your ass anywhere. And she said, that's correct that she does. And that even on the weekends, if her and her husband think it's going to be a fun weekend, it means they're going to sit down and eat extra food beyond the meal, all the snacks that they pick up at a Walmart so that they can sit and just binge watch series on Netflix. And that's their fun. And so her spirit was coming through to say, well, you've had lives in the past with heart issues as well. So we're forewarning you that you are going to have heart issues and you should be aware of this because this too is your father's medical history and you're again avoiding the reality that he's living in this currently and you know it, but you think it's his story and it will never be yours. You just pray that the biology will skip past you, but you do all of the behaviors that will actually put you right in the line of fire for this. I think it was really cool though, Cal, that they pointed out to her that in both lifetimes, past and current, she really values routine. She really does like knowing that there's a routine for the weekends with her family and husband, that there's a routine in the seasons with the kids' events and sports and the things that she does. And they told her, look, you are wonderful at routine and being able to stay committed to these things. So you just need to insert into those routines that you're doing some healthier behaviors Mm -hmm. because you actually could achieve all of your goals and get healthier, but keeping those in mind. So if the kids are going to the soccer game and you could actually go with one of the soccer moms or dads or on your own with your own headset and your own music going, you could do your own walk for one hour Mm -hmm. around the entire park just watching your kids play, but go around the perimeter of it and just walk the whole hour. Yeah, I think it's important for people to hear the compliment in this, where the guides point out her strengths. Because I think for some people, it's like, oh, are they just trying to be nice? And I I think about someone like Jennifer compared to myself. I have variety in every single day. Nothing is ever the same. I never get to eat at the same time. So I don't know when my workouts are going to be. And it's an effort to really fit everything in and it's never the same. And what the guides are saying is for her, she's already in what are good qualities. She's already exercising them. That pun was not intended. She's already in the best practices of routine and it just makes it that much easier, like you're saying, to make them healthy ones. Oh my God, yes. Because if she's going to be on the soccer field three times a week anyway. for two kids anyway, and that's already time put aside, 
then all she's got to do is move her ass instead of sitting in the chair and she's she going to get do it done. Bleacher workouts. Yeah. Yeah. She might start something with all kinds of parents going around the soccer field. Yeah. And those people who are in that kind of routine life can be at somewhat of an advantage than the other ones like us where it's just not doable. Mm-hmm. Or shift workers, right? Mm-hmm. So when I checked in with the spirit guides, they said that she has a pattern of avoiding things. And that in this particular case, she's avoiding all of her health issues in order to make sure that her children's needs and on occasion, her husband's needs are being met more than her own. But in both lifetimes, in both past lives and current, she picks partners who don't like that. Oh, that's neat. She picks a man. She picks a male in each lifetime who will counter that and say things and challenge her. Like, I can take the kids to this event. You can go for your walk. Your girlfriend has been asking you, how come you're not hanging around Jean anymore? Beth called me and asked why you aren't going out anymore. They think it's my fault that I'm not allowing you, that I dump the kids' responsibilities on your shoulders. And I don't appreciate that. Cool. That's like, a good accountability partner. Yes, he gives it to her. And he says things to her like, I go to the gym every day. He says things to her like, I get up an hour early out of my day so that it doesn't affect you or the children and go to the gym for my own time. But I realize that you don't have that type of energy. So I try to work it in every single day that I can do things for the children, whether it's dinner hour the laundry, or whatever it is, taking them to the event so that you have an opportunity to care for your body. This isn't on me. You're the one that's not taking care of yourself. You have an opportunity to do all of these things. So he does. He does his best to hold her accountable. And she still just shows up at the events. But then she turns around and lies to her friends and says that she has to take the kids to the events. So she got caught. She got caught by her friends and by her husband. And she got caught by her spirit guides and by her own soul to say, that's enough. And so she just sat there and went, well, well. And we just sat in silence for a little bit because I think she felt shame. I think she felt quite uncomfortable. Yeah, it's the you can run, but you can't hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a big way, eh? Like in a universal way. Did we get that? Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's what just sort of had to sit in for her in a moment, that everybody in her world is on her side to be a healthier being. Neat. Caught her, but on her side. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to keep going because there's more that gets linked to that. Let's go into the career. So when I asked her for permission to go into career, she says, yes, go right ahead. I'd love to hear what I do in past lives. And I said, well, I said, I see consistency that you continually like to be an entrepreneur and that you typically own businesses with your partner. And she just giggled. And I said, ooh, did I get that one right again? And she goes, I said, did you do it again? And she goes, yes, I did. And I said, that is really cool. 
And she didn't ask any specific questions about what type of business, what do I do as an entrepreneur? She just was quiet. And I said, um, Jen, I said, you typically have a husband who owns the business. And when you marry him, that it becomes your business together. And you decide that you want to work with your husband from home doing the books, answering the phones, um, calling him and telling him where the next job is, so that you have freedom to put your kids first. And so you sabotage the business. You are not there for him and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And I said, so are you doing that again? As a business partner, not there for him. That's right. She refers to herself as the business partner. She wants to be 50-50 in it. She wants to be seen as a grown-up. She wants to be able to tell other people that she owns a business. She literally wants to be the uh, an adult, but only in as far as what I want to do. And the rest of it truly falls on her husband's shoulders, including when she makes the messes. Hmm. And she doesn't see that she makes the messes. She gets defensive. So if he comes in the door and says something like, you didn't tell me that this client canceled. You didn't, you made a mistake today. You didn't say it was supposed to be at a different address. So I get a call from a second client saying, where are you? You were supposed to be here 20 minutes ago. And he says, I made to look like I'm not a good businessman. I'm not keeping, you know, punctuality and good work ethics for myself, my clients, or my coworkers and my employees. I look terrible. And she goes into, I had to get the kids too. I had to put the laundry on. Mm-hmm. Convenient switching of hats. Yeah. She puts on the mom family. I'm your wife. I'm taking care of your kid hat. Saying you don't appreciate that. And he's trying to say, babe, if I'm not able to do these jobs, these people aren't going to pay us. We're not going to have a business. You're not going to be employed. And she just goes right into defending the family, defending her role as the matriarch of this family. So deflect. Total deflection. And they caught her good. Meaning her spirit and her guides sat her down in that chair and said, you've got nowhere to run. Karen's got you for an hour. You're not leaving. We have you here to hear this shit. And it is not acceptable And I said to her, your guides are saying that the pattern in the past life is that you are the one that sabotages the business success. You are the one that sabotages the marriage. And when he walks out the door for an affair, you tell everybody there was an affair. You don't say any of the things you did before that. And I'm not saying that she deserves the affair. Yeah, or that an affair is warranted. That's right. But she only focuses on that as the cause of what broke her marriage, her family, and the business. Right. She doesn't come forward to anybody to actually say all of the other reasons. Mm-hmm. So he looks like the bad guy for the affair only. And if he tries to explain anything to anybody, all they can hear or see in him is an adulterer. They don't see anything else. So she got caught in that. And she just sat there. She says, well, she says, I don't know. 
that he's having an affair, but you're in this lifetime, but you're certainly nailing everything else for me. And I'm not asking if he's having an affair because I don't believe that he is. But I do recognize the other things that you're pointing out are the things I'm doing. Well, it goes right back to the same example you gave in Medical Intuitive is that it's not meant to scare you. You're basically walking on this path where here's the end result, but you do have six opportunities to get off this path and have a different ending. Yeah. That's why I love past lives and what they can do for people. Mm -hmm. If she can sit down and hear that the spirit world is seeing all of this little shit show and know that she's already done it in another lifetime where it blew everything blew up, I'll say in all directions for everybody, then can she sit at this point after a one hour session and go home and go, wow, I so have to do better in different aspects of my life. Because in one aspect, I'm lying about my husband to my girlfriends right off the hop here. I'm making it look like He's not really giving me an opportunity to care for myself. Mm -hmm. And yet he's pissed when she won't. He tries to encourage her to do it. He tries to tell her about the business and what she's doing wrong, like he would to any employee. But she knows that he can't fire her. Wow, technically. Yeah. But she b- firmly believes, I can't get fired, so I'm, a- I'm allowed to do any behavior I want because it's for the kids. And so she literally avoids living her life truly as an adult, mm-hmm. lifetime after lifetime. Kel, he even encourages her in every lifetime, which I thought this was so amazing. This is such an evolved man. He encourages her to get her own bank account, to get her own visa card, to make sure that she's drawing her own salary based on what she's earning and working through. Yeah. And then her shares of what the company would give her to be able to have her own finances. And he encourages her to go to the bank to figure it all out. So they have a combined account together. This is what he wants, where they pay the bills together Mm -hmm. and they run their family. And they do their savings and they pay their mortgage, etc. And then he wanted her to have a whole separate identity to say, this is the money that I make. Mm-hmm. I'm saving for my future. And she refuses to do it. This blew my mind. Mm-hmm. To sit down and to hear that this man has learned so much from lifetime to lifetime and keeps changing was a really beautiful thing. So I kept saying to her, well, you've had a past life with him and he did his learning he's in this relationship with you with new thoughts new beliefs and you haven't done your work you haven't done your changing of these beliefs so your patterns are the unhealthy ones then the screen shifted and she showed me that she had really long hair the screen you did not explain the screen in this podcast okay Well, okay. Karen sees past lives like movie screens. Yes. So they just show one scene at a time. Yeah. And sometimes there's several screens, meaning that you've repeated it. And I like to count the screens to be able to say six times you've done this behavior. Mm -hmm. Seven times. And, And now clients will even say, do you see it that I've only done it once or is it a pattern? 
And I like that answer. That question. Pardon me. Yes. I like that question because then I like to count the screens to be able to say, no, those are patterns or this is just fresh. Maybe this is something you're just currently starting to work on. So she showed me this long, long hair and that in these other lifetimes that it's a wonderful sign in her or a sign, I'll say, in her culture that this long hair indicates that she's married. It indicates that she's got children. And I don't have a clue what this culture is. But anyway, so it's, it's, I'll just say it's a sign of status. And I looked at her and I said, but in this lifetime, your status for your hair was that you cut it all off when you had your children. And she looked at me and she goes, how would you know that I cut my hair off when I had kids? And I said, well, you're just showing it to me from past lives that in that lifetime, it was the long hair. But in this lifetime, you've cut your hair short. And you keep it short, in spite of the fact that your husband would say to you things like, let it grow. Like, if you want to let it grow, go ahead. It's beautiful. You look beautiful. And she keeps it short as a sign to say to people, oh, my hair's short because it's easy to take care of because I'm so busy taking care of the kids. So it's still her status. (laughs) But it's the short hair this time. And I said, so is that correct that you kind of even say those things to people? I don't have time to take care of my hair. I can't let it grow long. She goes, oh, well, Jesus, Karen, I was at the hairdressers yesterday and my hairdresser told me to start letting it all grow out. And she says, and I just bitched about that, <laughs> that I have to keep it short because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, if you had longer hair, would it mean something to you? And she said, yeah, I said, what would it mean? She says, it's sexier. It's more appealing. It's softer to her. That's her opinion. And I said, then if that's how it would make you feel, why do you keep it short? She says, maybe it's because I don't feel sexy anymore. Maybe it's because I kind of, it's one of my ways of pushing my husband away sexually. And I said, oh, I said, maybe you should talk to him about that so that you could actually just have that conversation whether no matter what you choose to do with it but just share that with him maybe him just complimenting your hair or just touching it and she goes oh my god like she recoiled and I said well maybe that's something else to talk about then if that's how you're feeling so then we went from that conversation into a conversation where I saw another tv screen And I said, oh, I'm watching another screen and it's showing me you and some sisters. And she goes, okay. And I said, well, you're not communicating. Like you, you turn away from them. You don't want to talk to them. So you cut them out of your life. And she goes, could you answer the question why? But she was, her whole energy had shifted. And I said, sure, I'll ask why. And I heard the guide say, because she doesn't listen. Because she brick walls them. She doesn't want to be wrong about anything. She doesn't want them to say anything to her about her behavior with her husband or how he tries to encourage her to take care of herself and she won't. Or how she puts her kids first, even though the kids don't even expect it. They have a dad who's really engaged. They're not looking just for mummy all the time. So when her sisters question her about her behavior... She just brick walls them and doesn't want to talk to them. So she avoids them. 
even though their intention is really full of love. Same thing with her husband. She's picked a really wonderful person who's trying to actually love her and encourage her to care and love for herself. And she ends up brick walling pretty much everybody. So when I went and watched what she did with a spouse, what she did with her friends by lying to them, which is an alienating herself from her friends, what she does to her sisters, she shows a pattern of avoiding the people who care for her the most, authentically, the most with truth, where they try to bring her accountability and love, and that she pushes all of those people away to continually isolate herself. And I said, are you doing that again? And she said, I think so, based on what you've been saying today. Her sisters said, Cal, that she can't take it if somebody disagrees with her. Jesus, how did she take your session? She listened. Oh, th- thank God. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It, it, it was um, like I just she, like in so many ways, this Jennifer was just such a beautiful client. Good. And, and I good for both of you. Yeah. And like the whole I want to say so many things about her because I don't know why it's so important that I say this, but it was a sunny day. Hmm. It like it's it's mid February. It's cold. There's snow on the ground, but it was so beautifully sunny. And the room just had, it was just peaceful and quiet with soft music. And I don't know if it's just the energy of, like, I don't ever feel rushed when people ask me to do past lives. I'm so full of joy to do it. I don't know if she felt, and if people feel a sense of safety, or if they feel a sense of separation, like, Hmm. she's going to tell me this, and I can take it or leave it. Nobody's going to know. I don't have to share notes or a recording if I don't want to. I don't know if they finally feel open because of all of these factors that I can sit here and listen to this and do with it what I want. But somehow, when she heard consistently all of these patterns, she heard consistently the correctness of her father's medical condition and her own, if just placing all of the pieces of the puzzle out in front of her allowed her moments to see her current life and then to hear, wow, how does she know that I did this in a past life where she just sat there and said, I've been doing this over and over again. And I said, yeah, I said, Jen, like, when are you going to figure out that you're wasting time? When are you going to figure out that your life is time? And that you're wasting your children's time and this man's time. And your sisters, all of these different people. When are you going to pause for a moment and allow any of them to actually love you? Just so that in that moment, how could it look a little differently if you just let yourself be loved? So if he stood on the field with the kids, so you could walk around it, could you feel a little something, whatever it is, let's not define it. Why don't you try it and see what it brings you just in that moment or listen to your sisters without deflecting or avoiding what they're saying. Why don't you just sit and listen to it for a few moments 
Because maybe what they're saying to you, if it's totally the truth, and it is, could you just sit there and know that they love you instead of brick walling them and not ever speaking to them again? And she said to me, it's kind of fucked up, eh, Karen, that my sisters would sit there and tell me the truth because they love me and I'm the one ignoring them and I'm the one treating them badly. She goes, that sounds really messed up. We just had a moment. That felt so good, Kelly. Yeah, it's like she saw herself. Yeah. With the intention of coming in to say, let's just do past lives. That she sees herself. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. No, don't shortchange us like that. <laughs> it's so much more than that. Yeah. I tell you, in the when it happens, there's such a shift in the energy. And I love sitting in those moments with people when the energy shifts. I just adore that. So her spirit guides asked her, Kel, what she believes and what contributes to her beliefs that she doesn't believe that she deserves to be happy. That was her homework. Her homework was to actually think through that. Because all of these past lives did take us the hour. And I said, so if you'd like, you can go off and think about some of those things. Okay, well, let's repeat it. Because for anyone who's listening, they're probably going, oh, shit, what was that question? So what do you believe that continuously feeds into your belief that you don't deserve to be loved? Mm-hmm. We're asking you what your belief system is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I think it's good because if you're listening to this, and you're that kind of person that pushes love away, that is sabotaging different relationships. You might not be sabotaging them all, but you could be sabotaging one in some way. And we do it in different ways. Then why don't you believe that you deserve to truly be happy? Why do you create drama instead? Why do you create brick walls with one person perhaps? And then think, oh, it's just easier if I go out and have an affair and start new with someone else. But I just create drama. So whether you avoid, whether you're a drama creator, whether you brick wall, there are a variety of things people do to create their own suffering and to create other people's suffering in the process. Because let's face it, her husband is going to suffer and is, and so are her children. No matter who causes or brings about that divorce. Mm -hmm. And the children and the husband struggle together in their own relationships because of mom. Oh, say that again. The children and the husband will struggle, not just as individuals, but as members of the family. If she makes herself the most important piece that has to facilitate the family, then dad's never allowed to fill that role or is made to feel guilty or shameful when he does because he's taken away her job, right? Mm. There can be a lot of different combinations Mm -hmm. of problems that arise if she can't be loved and take care of herself and just has to interject herself in everyone else's life. 
And I don't, I think so many people don't see that coming. They don't see what's actually happening when they're the ones living in it. No, we, and we've said this so much. You take away other people's opportunity to learn. For the children to connect with their own father, for the father to connect with his own kids, to connect to a woman, not just a parent. Hmm. Hmm. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or devastating. Yeah. Yes. And you get to pick. That's why I said you create your own drama. Because if you're devastating things, you're always creating the drama. And you may think, no, I'm not. And project it all on the other person. So she got this placed in front of her and given some homework. So that if she wanted to come back and continue to work on it, she could. So she could change directions if she wished. So she got a little toolkit there before she left of different books, different podcasts, different things to go forward and I'll say read and listen to. That gave her a variety of ways so that she could fill her days instead of just sitting in front of the TV to be able to go for the walk, listen to a podcast or to listen to something that would actually have an effect on her in a positive way instead of just sitting down and watching one more Netflix show. And I don't want to pick on Netflix, but no, you you know what I mean? Everyone knows what you mean. Yeah. Not just filling time. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Oh, loved it. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend.